and then lower down to confirm the operating condition is in good shape. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Backchat with Anna Fenton and me, Jim Gould. And on Backchat this morning, uh, we're taking a look at the presence of uh, a triad and organised uh, crime uh, in Hong Kong following the incident in the early hours of last Friday morning, the, the shooting and machete attack that took place in uh, Wyndham Street in Central. Um, we have two expert security guests uh, with us on the line. Uh, just before I introduce our guests uh, for Back Chat this morning, a quick announcement from the Transport Department just to say that uh, owing to a traffic accident, um, all lanes of the Long Cheung Road flyover, Kwantong bound near Choi Hong Estate, are still closed to traffic. A number of bus routes have been diverted. Uh, there's a long queue. It ends at uh, Long Cheung Road Park. Um, and members of the public travelling to Kwantong and Kowloon Bay are advised to plan their routes early or use uh, railway services as far as possible. Right, um, two uh, triads, and we have uh, with us on the line um, Steve Vickers, the CEO of Steve Vickers & Associates. That's a, a specialist political and corporate risk consultancy. Steve is also the former head of the Royal Hong Kong Police Criminal Intelligence Bureau. And also with us is Dr Samson Chan, who's a fellow at the University of Hong Kong's Centre for Criminology. Um, good morning to you both. Um, perhaps um, I should also mention as well that uh, I have a number of emails on various topics relating to other things that we've been talking about. I'll save those to the end of the programme, but if anybody wants to, anybody wants to get in touch um, this morning about our current topic, uh, a reminder, uh, our Facebook page is Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. You can email us at backchat at rthk.hk or give us a call on 233 um, uh, Steve Vickers, good morning to you. Um, I guess uh, the events of the early hours of last Friday were, were pretty shocking, and it's not often that shots are fired uh, in the street. Um, what, what's your uh, assessment of, of that particular incident and, uh, and what does it tell us about the level of triad activity that's going on at the moment? Well, obviously that, that's the case where some people have been criminally charged. So I'll, I'll, yes, I'll, of course, we can't go into too many details. Yeah. I'll give you sort of what I think. In it. Well, clearly, um, it, it, there's bad news and good news within, within what happened. Uh, the good news is that events like this are nowadays very irregular. Uh, you remember in the 80s and 90s, firearms was a major issue in Hong Kong. Most recently, this has not been the case. Uh, this looks like a clash between the Sun Yon triad, perhaps the most powerful and cohesive triad in, in, in Hong Kong, or elements of it, and the Warsing War, probably the, the second most numerous. Uh, just from what I've seen in the media on some video footage, it looks like a predetermined attack uh, involving both Chinese and South uh, uh, and South Asians, um, there has been um, a trend in um, in recent years for the use of either unemployed or or people uh, people um, with, 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 with not very many prospects as as, as fighters. Uh, uh, so this looks not much different. On this particular occasion, Group A appeared to have attacked Group B with um, with machetes. Group B uh, responded with fire with a firearm. Um, 
So yes, it's a, a worrying. Uh, it, it's worrying. It happens. It's it next. It's very near the Fringe Club in um, mm -hmm. on the edge next to the FCC in, in Central, and of course yeah. it's a matter of concern uh, to everybody. But this looks like a gang on gang attack, which is always bad. But it does also prove that no one gang is in charge. Uh, something of a disturbance uh, in the force. Uh, but it does show that triads need constant monitoring before before things like this occur. It, it looked pretty amateurish, though, Steve, didn't it? I'm sure you saw the footage. It, it looked pretty bungled. Well, uh, it, it looked bungled because, I, again, I, only from what I have seen, but it looked to me uh, as if Group A didn't know that Group B uh, had firearms. So, essentially, without being flippant, uh, you, you don't take a, a knife to a gunfight. Uh, so that, that's essentially what, what, what has happened there. Um, what is more worrying is, is clearly uh, why, why uh, and it looks like something of a disturbance in the force in narcotics or gaming uh, resulting, in a, resulting in, a, in a clash. This does not necessarily mean that the, the heads of the society themselves uh, are behind this. Rather, this is a street gang. Uh, this is what I would describe as street gang activity, um, which will, you know, which will reduce, will, has produced and will produce a uh, very strong uh, government response. So this is this is kind of what looks like street level drug crime, and as you say, the non ethnic Chinese element is now very much to the fore, isn't it? And the police seem to have sort of ring fenced the term NEC to mean anybody of Southeast Asian and South Asian or even South American um, heritage m uh, to to almost just mean those groups. So do you there see are some it? People. I mean, it is true to say there are some people who unfortunately can't get jobs, are unemployed, um, and are more vulnerable to being used, paid, utilized uh, um, by, by people who treat them as expendable, um, as expendable tools in, the, in these wars. Mm. Um, this, this particular thing doesn't look, it looks like two faction leaders. I mean, tri triads essentially are in three groups. There's a the very lower level, which are the, what I would call youth gangs. One level above that, which is what I'd call street gangs, which are typically led by a, uh, a properly inducted uh, triad figure. And then above that, the major organized crime figure. So if you can imagine three overlapping boxes, this is, the, uh, this is probably a, an, an aggressive street, two aggressive street gangs clashing. But th it's all about business at the end of the day, isn't it, Steve? And you're just as likely to see collaboration among the top layer of the 14K and the Sanyon as you are to seeing them squabbling. The squabbling seems these days to break out at the lower end of things. Um, yes and no. I mean, I, I, again, I have no knowledge as to... I mean, the Chinese newspapers are full of lurid details. Um, there, there are indications of... Uh, drug trafficking and gaming uh, disputes over that. Often it's very territorial. Uh, so this, this looks to me like a lower level territorial uh, dispute, which is, which is, which is escalated. Okay, okay. Well, let's bring in uh, Samson Chan. Good morning to you. Samson Chan, good morning. Yeah, good morning, Jim. Samson's uh, a fellow at the University of uh, Hong Kong Centre for Criminology. Um, so what did you make of the incident uh, last Friday? happened and it, it indicates that fire is still uh, quite active in Hong Kong mm. and shooting well it's rare but uh, it did happen before just like uh, in 2020 there had been a case where a tired boss was being sought by a hitman and mm. then he drove himself to the hospital seeking treatment so it's not an isolated incident but 
uh, they tend to use firearms as a last resort for self-protection or for to, to fall between tight gangs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what do you make of what seems to be the increasing in involvement of, uh, well, um, and I mentioned uh, NEC, non-ethnic Chinese, uh, in this case uh, uh, South, South Asian people from that, um, you know, from uh, that group being involved uh, with the triad organisations? Yes, uh, it's a worrying trend. And, uh, it do seem that the Thais do find these uh, groups, in particular those uh, unemployed, uh, so, so need financial support and mm. uh, need acceptance. And uh, they are much stronger than locals. This, mm. they're, they're, they're more useful to the Thai groups, I would say. Uh, when you use, when you say useful, yeah, useful I've observed power, yeah. over recent years the increased use of them at street level drug dealing, particularly in central and around Lang Kwai Fong area. They've taken over from the African refugees who were being used a lot for that. Is that yeah. because the South Asians can usually speak English and therefore in that particular area are more useful to the triads for drug dealing with perhaps expatriates and people who don't speak Chinese? Maybe it's Easier to manage, I think, uh, once they have some core members from these groups, they can also recruit fellow members. Uh, it is unlikely that uh, the police might be able to infiltrate these uh, groups uh, through um, uh, undercover operations because it's difficult to get into these uh, tight, tiny-knitted groups. Are we talking just South Asians or are we talking South Americans because they've been Basically, coming into the drug South scene Asians, too? Uh, I think just by uh, seeing the videos uh, regarding last Friday's uh, instance, I think most of them are South Asians by the look. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve, uh, uh, triad gangs have seems to have been with uh, with society for uh, from the beginning, if you like. I mean. Um, what is the level of their influence on the way uh, society operates? I mean, obviously they're below the surface, but uh, I mean, uh, are, are they becoming are they becoming more stronger, more influential, more what more widespread, or, or what is the situation now? There's about thirty to forty uh, tribes that actively come, fifteen of which actively come to attention. Um, membership numbers vary from one group to another some with only a hundred or so, whilst the big ones like the Sanyon, the Warsing War, uh, and everyone talks about the 14K, but actually that's in 44 subgroups, Haung, Hai, Sat, Bailo, etc. So, yes, they're, they're, they're around. The, the problem is that they always used to annoy me when I ran the Intelligence Bureau was people only talk about them when they do something silly like this. Uh, it's when we're not talking about them, actually, that, 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 that it gets more dangerous. I mean, I noticed that Raymond Shu, the current police chief, um, when he set his operational objectives this year, he, 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 they go, number one was national security, surprise, surprise. Uh, the second one was tackling violent crimes, and the third is triads and organized crime, one, two, three. So, and then narcotics. So it, 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 it is very interesting that a, a, a new focus has now been, has come on to triads. What I think has happened l- lately, du- during the disturbances in 2019 and 2020, the police's uh, foot came off the pedal on, on triad suppression and, and more onto uh, internal security stuff. And that's related to, I mean, to be boring with numbers, 
you know, there are lies, damn lies, and statistics, but uh, crimes involving tribes did show a, a percentage change. So in 2019, there were 1,353 recorded. 2020, there were 1,761, and in 2021, 1,888. That doesn't mean a lot, because honestly speaking, if, if people don't open their mouths to being tried when they do stuff and they're not known, very often a lot of that is missing. But it does show uh, that, that, that they've got a bigger grip. And the other issue was Macau. Uh, Macau generated vast amounts of money through the, through the junkets in, in, in the boom of the last uh, eight to 10 years. That's now stopped. Uh, people are re, re, um, reallocating resources, if that's the case, or restructuring, again, leading to, to clashes. So uh, it is true to say, I, I think it's good that the police have refocused on triad as being a problem, because just arresting them for crimes is not enough. What actually needs to happen is, is destabilization, education, infiltration, and then prosecution. But waiting for things like this to happen alone is, to a certain extent, too late. So I think Raymond Shu did the right thing, putting Triad, you know, in the top three of his um, of, of his target list. When you say education, do you mean for like uh, you know uh, potential uh, recruits to Triad gangs? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there are parts of uh, Toon Moon and other places where the Sun Yon actively recruits people. Uh, when I ran the Intelligence Bureau, we, we had a whole series of things going with the government, not just the police, but uh, there was a, a, a triad re, uh, renunciation scheme, a fight crime committee, uh, education of people of triad's roles in the past, for example, uh, how they collaborated with the Japanese uh, during World War II, things like that, which, which the young people just don't know about. So basically, it's education, it's infiltration, it's destabilization, and it's prosecution. But once you take your foot off the um, off the accelerator, uh, problems will occur. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I tend to agree with Samson, you. Samson, yeah. Mm -hmm. And, uh, well, uh, I'm happy that Deepa uh, mentioned about the triad relaxation scheme that started in 1988 and for two years. They received about uh, 1,000 applications for members of trials uh, want to um, well, remove from their, their trial links. And eventually about uh, half of them uh, successfully uh, delinked from the trial groups. But uh, later on it was not uh, recommended to uh, be postponed at all to continue in future because it might send a wrong signal to the uh, tribe members that they can always delay the action till later days uh, because the government will eventually uh, do a similar scheme later. But I, I, I totally agree with Steve that uh, education uh, is important uh, for the younger generation uh, to tell them the disadvantage or the, the, the harm for joining tribes. Um, especially uh, for this group of uh, non African Chinese maybe the, the, the threat of deportation after a sentence would be a more deterrent uh, factor, uh, preventing them from joining uh, the child uh, groups. Also, there's another way to uh, reduce the impact of child to cut off their financial uh, sources. They're mainly linked with uh, all sorts of uh, illicit, illicit activities like drugs, rice, Smuggling, gambling, dance, loan sharking, money laundering, uh, unlicensed filling stations on the streets, and 
protection money, and if the police can't uh, address this uh, sort of uh, illicit activities, um, they could uh, dramatically reduce the income, the source of income to, of the tribes. Although it is quite true that uh, some of the tribes groups had uh, involved in more legitimate business nowadays, so it makes things uh, more complicated. But business is at the heart of this, isn't it? Yeah. I think some of these entertainment business or bars, establishments, etc. Um, so going back to the NEC again, particularly the South Asians, I mean, many of them would be second-generation Hong Kong people. How do you deport them? Well, what, that, that is only one of the ways uh, for dealing with those who are low on uh, Hong Kong residents. For Hong Kong residents, it is, I would suggest... Uh, to really look at the sentencing part. Uh, we currently do have a rather successful, uh, what we call post-release uh, supervision scheme. That is, if they're being sentenced for certain crimes, after serving their sentence, they are mandatorily required to undergo to a period of supervision uh, by, uh, undergo by CSD. And if this can be uh, improved or enhanced and to uh, focus more on this type of goods, like, uh, let's say, introducing electronic taggings, uh, a longer period of supervision, I think it might discourage uh, members uh, of or whoever uh, becoming a tribe member. Okay, uh, we've got an email here from a listener, Alonzo. It says, uh, uh, Jim Gould described uh, triads as being uh, under the surface. Uh, I disagree, and you should ask Steve Vickers for his view. Nowadays, some of them run public companies. Uh, Steve? Uh, right, well, I don't, before I'm sued on air, uh, <laughs> but yes, uh, I mean, the, the fact of the matter is that we, we're spending a lot of time talking about the very low-end soldiers at the bottom. But yes, there are captains of industry in Hong Kong, a few, not many, a few, who have strong control over entertainment, movies, um, distribution, and other businesses who are well-known triad figures. That's true. That's why uh, I, I said earlier, I get a bit irritated. We, we, we draw attention to the lower-end guys when they do something silly, but when it goes quiet, that's when you know that organized crime is, um, is, is alive and well. Uh, I, mean, I think the central government are quite aware of the dangers of, of, of political issues with triads. I mean, in, in, in its history, uh, at the end of, uh, just before the end of the, 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 the civil war in, in China, the Kuomintang was, was, was heavily uh, connected with what has become the 14K. It was the Hong Fatsan in those days. Uh, since then, there have been um, other issues. So once triads get out of control, it's not just low-end uh, idiots with, with machetes in central. Uh, it, 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 it can affect many, many issues. Uh, and I, I, I really do, I'm very pleased that Raymond Shu has, if you look at his, the commissioner's um, priorities, he's got, uh, as I say, triads and organized crime is number three on his, on his list, mm. uh, out of a list of eight, I think. Mm. So, so it, it is. Uh, it, it, it's like a candy floss. You put your hands through; it's very difficult. But at a senior level, there certainly are people in business uh, at a, a director levels and the rest who, uh, who who are strong, uh, who have strong triad links, and who people know who they are. And mm. some businessmen are naive enough to think that 
if they deal with triads, it will help them deal with problems, debt collections, or um, uh, other such difficulties. Mm-hmm. So do you think we're likely to see more enforcement? I mean, I've got an email here from a, another listener, James, says uh, triad gangs operate with impunity in Chimsar Choi. Gangs and car jockeys at reselling parking meters at 30 times the government price and occupy space with their illegal uh, car parks. Um, is, is that sort of um, activity uh, going on to your knowledge and, and do, would, you, would you expect to see uh, stronger enforcement action against it? I, I, I certainly would, would advocate such, and yes, it is going on, and, and the car jockey thing is a classic street-level, street-gang organisation. Uh, at a very low level, you know, car jockeying, access to what have you, um, queuing even sometimes for, for, for buying flats, um, low-level prostitution, low-level drugs and the rest. All, all, all that classic street crime activity. The, the stuff that's more worrying to me, and that maybe I should... I don't mean to, to poo-poo that, but it, 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 it's a very senior, it's a very senior stuff. What what is car jockeying, Steve? That's basically where you um, you drive your car over to Chimsey for a for your for your seafood dinner, and you park it outside the restaurant. And somebody comes and says, "I'll park the car for you. It'll be three hundred dollars, or I'll break your windscreen." Ah, okay. I suggest, and if you don't, you, you know, it doesn't normally end happily. From time to time, the police will sally forth and do something about it, but it needs, it needs a consistent effort. Uh, uh, as I say, during 2019-2020, the foot came off the pedal for understandable reasons, uh, but now I, I think it's time to, to, to get a grip of that. Also, th- th- there are political implications to what triads. Certain triads have one tendency to support one group, certain have another. Uh, you know, if I were looking at national security, uh, I'd also be looking at triads quite carefully. Mm. Yeah, uh, Samson Chan, yeah, how about that? Tri- triads and, and national security? Well, uh, I think uh, most of this uh, low-level street crimes has nothing to do with uh, national security. I think it is, I think mainly for uh, PRC, I think they would support strong police action. Even in China, I think, uh, they are having regular campaigns mm-hmm. against crimes uh, within their provinces. And so I think we, we could safely say that uh, China doesn't tolerate uh, these illicit activities, and that should include Hong Kong. But uh, I agree that uh, China did have certain impact on our daily life. Let's say uh, we take the uh, the figure that quoted by Steve earlier that uh, we have around 1888 uh, uh, tribe related cases in uh, 2021, which amounts to about five five cases of tribe cases a day being uh, arrested by police, which include at least a case of uh, wounding, that is a serious assault, criminal damage, gambling, etc. So when you, when you talk about five cases or five cases uh, related to date uh, in Hong Kong, well, it, it just uh, makes you more uh, visualize the, the impact of trials uh, to our daily life. And, uh, well, I, I totally agree that the police can do more. I don't want people to say that uh, before midnight, it's the police that uh, control the streets, and after midnight, it's the trials. That is totally unacceptable. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. All right. Well, uh, thank you both uh, very much for talking to us uh, on the programme this morning. Uh, we'll have to uh, bring the conversation to a close because it's uh, approaching uh, 9.30. Uh, that was Dr. Samson Chan, who's a fellow at the University of Hong Kong's Centre for Criminology. And thanks also to Steve Vickers, CEO of Steve Vickers and Associates, a specialist political and corporate risk consultancy. And just for the last uh, a couple of minutes on the programme this morning, um, I do have a, no a few other uh, messages from uh, listeners on other topics. Uh, this one from um, listener uh, Alonzo talking about the uh, prospect of uh, congestion charges for using the Cross Harbour Tunnel says, uh, I referred to the interview on Hong Kong Today this morning with transport consultant Alok Jane regarding traffic congestion uh, at the Cross Harbour Tunnels. Why hasn't Hong Kong introduced electronic road pricing, a topic that was first raised in the mid-1980s? Singapore successfully implemented the system decades ago. ERP could be used for both the tunnels and the busiest urban traffic areas. Central uh, Causeway Bay, TST uh, during peak hours in addition or alternatively uh, passenger vehicles which use the tunnels during peak hours could be charged a hefty premium, say 100% above the normal fee during this uh, uh, busiest of periods. Um, Leslie Ann writes on uh, COVID-19 related matters. Uh, Omicron BA4 and 5 have been shown to be almost uh, identical to BA1 and 2 and vaccines showed to be highly effective against it. So why do we still have uh, quarantine when it is already in Hong Kong and the population is 90% vaccinated? If the remaining 10% don't want to get vaccinated, that's up to them. They obviously know the risks and if they want to take the risk, it's up to them. The rest of the population should not be held hostage. Uh, by the stubborn uh, 10%. And this one from Michael says, uh, this was actually um, a question uh, for our professor, Alvin Chan, who we had on earlier. Unfortunately, uh, the email came in after we'd spoken uh, to Professor Chan, but uh, he says there have been no randomised clinical trials uh, with uh, this injection, that's COVID vaccine, uh, done on children. Uh, why does the professor think of the long-term safety data for children? Sorry, what does the professor think of the long-term safety data for children, especially with respect to fertility and immune-mediated uh, disease? Well, to that, to that, we just don't know yet, no, do we? Exactly. We, that, that question's answered there in the question. Mm. Uh, more data required, uh, a number of different, uh, and uh, including on uh, long COVID as well. Uh, um, this one, uh, also on quarantine, uh, Colin writes, uh, what is the point when you have government officials who are exempt? And just uh, another comment on our Facebook uh, from Richard uh, regarding what we were talking about yesterday. Um, the five-year term of the current uh, outgoing chief executive, Carrie Lam, says, uh, uh, regarding Carrie Lam, cast your minds back to June 2019 and compare Hong Kong then to what it is now. Uh, that is an ongoing uh, discussion, of course. Um, thank you very much to everybody who wrote in. Thanks to all our listeners. Thanks very much to you, Anna. You're welcome. And a quick look at the weather forecast. Uh, the thunderstorm warning is in effect. It will be until 11.30. Uh, it's going to be mainly cloudy with showers and a few thunderstorms. Top temperature around 30 degrees. The outlook, showers and thunderstorms in the next few days. It's currently uh, 29 degrees. 
the humidity stands at 81%. There are more stored value facilities in this year's consumption voucher scheme. 